You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Before we jump into today's show, we have some exciting news to share with you. Our brand new online community platform is now live. Get access to free on-demand, in-depth training courses on topics like infinite banking, cryptocurrency, real estate investing, and much more. Just go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com. Or check out the show notes of this episode to find the direct link to request to join the community. Now, on to the show. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver. And with me today, I've got a great guest that's been on before. I've got with me today, Jake Tosco. Welcome, Jake. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for you that haven't heard Jake before, Jake is uh, he's an experienced infinite banking uh person that's been doing infinite banking for a while. He's bought real estate. He's bought into a business and, um, and, uh, he's funded how many, pol- do you have two policies now or just one? Yes. I have two now. Two mm-hmm. and you're 12, right? 13. 13. 13. Gosh, dang it. I couldn't remember now if you turned 13 or 12. So, okay. I always got to remember you're one behind Riley. So, yeah. um, which is that's awesome. So you have two policies at at 13 years old, and you've already bought some real estate. You've bought some um, um, some a biz, into a business. But let's kind of start with uh, a game that we played a lot. I was up in uh, um, uh, Louisville for um, almost a month in July with Riley, and we played a lot of Monopoly, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yes. So what did we learn about Monopoly during that time? Well, we learned that um, Moose has gotten better, that's for sure. The kid uh, does learn. I mean, I got to give him that. <laughs> he's uh, coachable. Oh, yeah, he definitely is. He's got he's gotten a lot. He's got a lot better. He's gotten he's got more to go, though. Um, yeah, what 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 were some of the things that you feel like he made a mistake on um, that he's learning about? I think his biggest mistake was he always went after Boardwalk and Park Place. And that is, those are the most, those of you who do not know, if you don't play Monopoly, you should, but Boardwalk and Park Place are the two most expensive properties in on the game, on the board. And his, his thing, what he would always do is he would go after Boardwalk and Park Place no matter what. And that's how we would beat him every time. So we would make him, if one of us got it, we'd make him bid at like, all of his money, mortgage all of his properties to get boardwalk and park place and he would go bankrupt quickly. And that that was his biggest thing that he did wrong. Absolutely. So what's the what's the only what's the one rule of, of monopoly that matters? Four houses equals a hotel. That's right. Because then so you know and for you like Jake said, for everybody out there that doesn't play Monopoly, um, it's a great game. If you're just playing it to have fun, it's kind of a boring game. It just takes too long. But if you're playing to win, which is the way that the Costco's play Monopoly, the way I play Monopoly, is it it gets really fun because, like Jake just said something there. Let's say that I have Boardwalk and Jake has Park Place. 
well, one of us has to make a deal. Okay, if we if we both know the one rule of monopoly that matters, which is four houses equal a hotel, then one of us has to give up that property. Mm-hmm. So you're going to pay a premium, but how much of a premium? And then, you know, what's your rate of return? Okay, is that what's important? Do we calculate the rate of return or are we looking for volume? And in monopoly, it's the same thing as money in real life. And it's the same thing with infinite banking. It's about volume. How many properties can I have? How many mm-hmm. hotels can I have, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, when I when I first got there, his, his he was very... Uh, focused on boardwalk and park place. And, mm-hmm. um, but then that's only two properties. So th- if you think about, if you calculate the odds, you that's know, you, there. yeah, I mean, of landing there, you really, you would rather have almost any of the other sets of properties, the mm-hmm. amount of money that you're putting in, the amount of money that you're getting out, how, how many, how much money it costs to get hotels on there, everything else. But the way that you win at Monopoly is you have either one side of the board or you have a corner. And mm. that way, it's all about where people can't avoid landing on your properties, right? And if yes. they get lucky, they can win because, um, you know, if if they just avoid landing on your properties that you have uh, hotels on, then then you could be in trouble. But how do you avoid that? Get more properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what are some of the other things that uh, that you've noticed just um, um, playing Monopoly, either just with your family or with Moose or, you know, because, by the way, for everybody that doesn't know, Moose is seven. So six. Uh, he's six still. He's still six. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, that's right. That's right. He just turned six. six in okay. I'm, I'm, uh, gosh, I, you know, I, I've only been gone for a couple of months and now I, I got all your ages messed up. Um but I'm close. Okay. So he's six. So that's even, so if a six-year-old can play this game and the six-year-old understands how to win and a six-year-old understands buying properties, cash flowing assets, then no one in this audience has an excuse not to do it. But what are some of the things that, that at, at six, you started to either see him doing, or you started to take advantage of things that he was doing so that you could beat him. Sorry. Could you, could you explain more of that? Like what you, what you just said? Yeah, just um, what are some of the things that you've been doing to beat him, like that he still hasn't figured out yet, or how are you negotiating with him to buy properties that, you know, that kind of stuff? Okay, yeah. So, um, he's still six, and you know the monopoly. He's he's gotten really good at it, but he still he doesn't look at the whole doesn't look at the bigger picture. He looks at his one corner. He'll either focus on maybe Boardwalk and Park Place or maybe the Brown properties that are the cheapest ones or maybe he'll try for another one monopoly but um the biggest thing is he he spends all of his money if he lands on any property he's buying it and he'll they'll mortgage properties to get it he just wants to own as much of the board as possible and that's i think is sometimes can be his his flaw is you gotta you gotta use your money wisely in in monopoly and make sure that you're not you don't spend all of it and end up with none left and that's that's what he that's what he does every time that's where he goes a little wrong sometimes yeah i mean you know one thing that i think that's interesting is um 
I would say this in business and I would say it playing Monopoly is don't fall in love. What I mean by that is don't fall in love with one property or one set of properties. It really doesn't matter as long as they're as long as you can get hotels on them, that's all that matters. So if you don't have enough money to get hotels and you, you know, I'm okay with you like mortgaging um, the, you know, the properties that you have so that you can get uh, hotels on other properties. But, you know, that's a, that's a tough game too, because sooner or later, you're going to have to unmortgage those things. Um, and if you can, um, once you get like a uh, all of the properties in a certain color and you're ready to buy hotels and you don't have any money and you don't have anything you can mortgage well it does you really little little good for that what you what i think you do then is you start selling some of your other properties to other people to get some cash so that you can buy hotels yeah i think once he started to venture out like venture out and discover oh there's more to this game than just two properties. Then he started to he started to win more. Like right. Once he started, he he got. I think he and my dad have a game right now going, and I think he he did go after Boardwalk and Park Place this game, and I think my dad's kind of really beating him right now. But I think he if he the times that he has tried for maybe the uh, like the orange properties or the light blue properties. Um, I think those have probably been his best games. And I think he's won the most um, using try, going after those properties. And that's kind of how infinite banking is, is people are like focused on boardwalk, boardwalk and park place in a way they're going, they're doing the one same thing over and over and over again. But if you go and try something new, infinite banking in this case, and you will be more successful. Right. Now, that's a great point, because if you play Monopoly like uh, the herd plays Monopoly, which is to have fun, then you, you know, it's a it's a luck of the draw, whether you win, if yeah. you so it's kind of like the same thing in real life. If you're putting money in a qualified plan, if you're saving dollars that are going down in value because of inflation, if you're doing all that, if your goal is to uh, save up a bunch of money and then someday live off of that money for the rest of your life and hope that you don't run out of money, mm -hmm. you're doing all of that. It's kind of like playing Monopoly to have fun. You're playing your game of money, your your life. You're playing it just to be part of the herd. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the ways that you've used infinite banking and you think kids could use infinite banking to kind of break out of the herd? Um, I think just maybe just sit down and have a discussion with your parents about it. You know, I've, I've done many business deals with my dad. I've invested in real estate and you're never, you're never too old to do any of that either. This is not just for kids, but sp speaking to kids right now, you're, you can just sit down and talk with your parents about this. Maybe if there's a, if maybe if they're like looking at maybe some real estate or, maybe looking to invest in a business, ask if you can put some money in there, get some money, get some money flowing in and out. Maybe op open up, maybe open your first policy. Um, just be open to the idea of doing something new. You, you said something great there. Cause I was about ready to ask you. I said, I was going to ask you, how'd you get your dad to let you be part of it? And what, what was your answer? You asked him, mm -hmm. 
right? You showed an interest, you asked him, you wanted to go research it, like with the Orange Nash stuff we did in Tennessee, mm-hmm. kind of give people the numbers on like, like how much money did you put in? And then how much did you make in uh, whatever amount of time? Um, So I'm pretty sure I put 2000 in. I'm pretty sure that was my number. Um, And I know I got, I've already gotten return. Uh, I've started making, I made profit off of it. Um, I got the 2000 back pretty, pretty early in, um, in, in the time that we were investing and everything. And then once we, um, we, so I think I got maybe four or 5,000. No, I think, I, I think I got like 2000 profit. I got my 2000 back and I think I maybe got like 2000 profit. And then once we sold, um, we're not necessarily sold, but we sold the rest of the properties. I got a $5,000 check from that. So you basically put in two grand and you've gotten about nine back there. There, I was going to say 10, but somewhere between nine and 10 back, right? Yes. Okay. And how many years? I think it was maybe just one. Yeah, it was a little bit under. Yeah, I mean, between one and two years. So if we really figured out when we tell people it's not about your rate of return, it's about the volume. Mm-hmm. What if you, if you had $2 million to put in there, right? You put in $2 million and you got back nine or 10, mm-hmm. that'd be pretty cool, right? That's why the volume is more important than the actual rate of return. Even though your rate of return is just silly, it's good, right? What is it? Doesn't matter. It's great. Put in yeah. two, you got back nine in a in less than two years. Mm-hmm. So how many times a day do you want to do that? As many as I can. As many as you can, right? So now that's the challenge. But focusing on that and not focusing on, hey, what do I want to do for my job? Well, I don't want to have a job. What I want to do is go buy assets and then I can go do whatever I want to do. I can volunteer. I can um, volunteer at my church. I can volunteer for some organization that I care about. But that difference, talk about that difference between like a paycheck, job, and how you kind of see that as you're growing up. What most people do is, you know, they go to the, they go to their job every day, work in how, who, who knows how many hours think they, some people go work at six and they get back at eight. So, I mean, that's, nobody really wants to do that unless you really enjoy your job. I mean, but would you rather set a desk all day and have people controlling what you do? Or would you rather invest in real estate, own businesses, um, start your own business? Would you rather do all that than, and not maybe just make some phone calls a day, a couple few phone calls a day and be able to enjoy, be with your family, um, be, you know, maybe go golfing, um, maybe some, do some traveling, like just do being able to live free, live more free than yeah. being stuck behind a desk, having a boss, like they're telling you over and like, you got to do this, you got to do this and just doing infinite banking and um, owning a couple, maybe own a policy or two and just do real estate and invest. Yeah. So what you're talking about is change, you know, um, not exchanging time for money, but letting your assets provide your ideal standard of living. And then you can go do whatever you want to do. It's not saying you're not going to work. It's not saying, but you're not going to have to go work. Like you said, for somebody else, let's say that if I'm a doctor right now and I'm an orthopedic surgeon, for example, and I might really like being an orthopedic surgeon, but Mm -hmm. you know, if I have assets that would replace that income anytime I want, 
then then I don't have to be an orthopedic surgeon if I don't want to. I don't have to be on call. I don't have to do those things at whatever point I don't want to do it, right? Mm -hmm. But when we're when we're kids and we're thinking, okay, what's the goal? And the goal that we when people my age were kids, we were taught go to school, get a job, save your money, someday you retire, and then you just hope that you don't run out of money before you your retirement savings is gone. Well, now what Jake's talking about is, hey, how do I go buy assets that provide me income for the rest of my life, regardless of how long I live? Mm -hmm. So um, what did you think when you first heard like infinite banking or that concept? Because you got it pretty quick. And what I love about that, Jake, is you're, you didn't have this paradigm that was already in cement. Like you didn't have these other beliefs, right? This was all new to you. It made sense. So like what made you like uh, just want to get involved like right away? Um, I saw my dad. He was he, he was really like into it. He was really excited by this. And, you know, being I was I think I was six when he first introduced it to me and being a six year old. If your dad gets excited about something, you're excited about it. <laughs> um, so I think that that's what really what that's where it came from. Um, I know I taught, we did some, he made, got made some spreadsheets and we would do a couple, we would do some me, little spreadsheet meetings, um, maybe like once a month. And he would explain it more and more and more to me. And he said, once I understood it enough, I could, he would, uh, I could open a policy. And I think probably around seven or eight, maybe, probably maybe closer to seven. I um, had my first policy. And then I just started um, talking with him more about it. I saw like how much um, how much he, he was he was doing it. How like, and then I just started catch, catching on to it. Um, and then as I got older, I understood it more and more. And I've sat in with business deals with him, and it's just kind of progressed over like over the over time. That's awesome. You know, I think about. Um... I think about your dad's journey with this, and maybe it's important that we talk a little bit about like the uh, effect on your family. So, um, you know, your dad had a great job, right? He yeah. was a pilot for UPS. Yeah. And in Louisville, Kentucky, if you're hanging out with your buddies and you say, hey, my dad's a pilot for UPS, they go, wow, you're lucky, man. I'm, you know, that's, that's a great job, right? Mm -hmm. And And so here's this job that, just about anybody in, in uh, really not just in Louisville, anywhere would go, Hey, I'd love to have that job. But then, you know, your dad had to be gone a few nights a week. And sometimes, you know, had to, you know, he had to be wherever UPS wanted him to be mm -hmm. as a pilot. Right. So talk yeah. about like the difference between what, when your parent has a job and when your parent is more, financially independent and free and they're doing assets and, and infinite banking and, and, and all of that. Like what, what's the difference as you see? I think we get to spend more time with my dad. That's for sure. Um, when he was flying, you know, he'd leave, he'd, he'd be gone days at a time, sometimes weeks. Um, and it was just, it was a lot, it was kind of harder to spend more quality time with him. Um, and then once he started, um, doing infinite infinite banking he, he kind of stopped kind of gradually stopped flying um 
I think he still he still did it sometimes. Um, and then he got in he got into a wreck and kind of wasn't able to, and that's when he like really stopped. Um, and I think then we started our family. We we started to like be able to hang out more, and um, he would you know he'd be down in his office at home sometimes, but at least he'd be home and we get to see him and not. When are you going to be back? Like FaceTiming him. When are you going to be back? He said, yeah, I don't know. Like, nope, we never really knew when he was going to be back sometimes. Um, you know, that was, that was kind of hard sometimes. But I think once he stopped, once he stopped flying, you know, I know he, I know he enjoyed flying uh, when he did it. But I think when he stopped, I think our family has gotten closer. So you think about infinite banking and, you, again, you think of kind of person A, they're doing what they were told, go to school, get a job, get a good 401k, save your money, put it in Wall Street, um, work as hard as you can to move up the ladder, all of this stuff. And then you think of person B, person B says, no, I don't want to be part of that herd. I don't care if I'm at the top of the herd. I'm going to break away from that. I'm going to um, own assets that produce uh, passive revenue, right? And, and you think, okay, well, that sounds cool. But what are the ancillary benefits? And I think what Jake just talked about is one of the biggest ancillary benefits, right? More time with your family. So if if our time on earth is measured in our or our life on earth is measured in time, right? Then, you know, how much time, I mean, how much is that worth to have more time with your family? Mm -hmm. That's part of the return too, is the rate of return and all of the different returns when you do infinite banking, you just brought up another one that I hadn't thought of, Jake, and I'm gonna start using is you have a return of time. Mm -hmm. Now, if our life is measured in time, then you have, you're getting part of your life back. So I think that's a great, a great point. And, you know, if you are fortunate enough that your parents understand infinite banking and the new rules of money, meaning we're not trying to gather a, a big nest egg for retirement. If they understand that that's not the goal, then mm -hmm. your kids have a chance and your kids have a chance to learn like Jake has learned and, and, and really have um, these, um, you know, these lessons on how to break away from the herd. And, you know, I'm excited to see where you're going to be 10 years from now, Jake, because you're going to be killing it just like you are now at 13. Um, so Jake, what's a, what's a book that you've read in the last um, uh, month or two, or what's your just favorite book about this, like about uh, financial freedom or something? I know there are, there are many great books. Um, I'd say for kids, um, for, for one, like for kids books, um, read the Tuttle Twins ser series. They have, yeah. I think, maybe 20 books. That's quite a, I don't know if there's 20, but there's quite a few of them. Um, and they, they do a good job of explaining, you know, breaking out of the herd and doing entre entrepreneurial work as a 13, 12, 13 year old. I think that's, those are my, that's probably the best book for uh, kids. So like just start out with, um, I know um, Mr. Nash's book, coming your own banker. I'd probably be a neck, the next step. Um, and then maybe read, uh, dang, a uh, rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. Might be the next, next you, book. It's pretty big. It's a long read. Um, but it's, it's good. It, it definitely helps a lot. 
the Tuttle Twins, that's I think that's a great suggestion because even kids that are y- really young can can read that. And, you know, one of my favorite ones is the pencil because I think mm-hmm. it just it expands the way you look at something so simple. Right. And um, I'm not going to give it away what it's about. But um, if you order some books for your kids from the Tuttle Twins, definitely look at the pencil. What's your favorite Tuttle Twin book? Um, Might be just the, fr- the cre- creature from Jekyll Island. That, a, that one that was the first one i got and i i think that one really stuck and i really really enjoyed that one Second yeah one no, that one's great and you know it's funny you say that because that you know that that's something that people when they don't understand inflation mm-hmm. um then they almost think that it's it can't be true that it can't be real that there's gotta there's gotta be some kind of conspiracy theory you know could yeah. there really be something like the federal reserve and there is, and yeah. and it's corrupt, and we're all uh, we have to we have to learn to play the game with it. So, uh, you know, Jake, any anything else to add before we wrap it up? I mean, I think that what you're doing is great. I love that you're growing your infinite banking system, your financial freedom plan, and that you're not going to waste any time uh, going down the wrong path, which so many of us older than you but that's that also teaches you that you know what having a coach having a guide even if it's your dad is really cool right mm-hmm. so yeah. anything anything else to add before we wrap it up just don't don't be afraid to step out and think something think of something new just try 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 something new um yeah. just don't be afraid to do that and also you're never you're never too old to start doing this. Yeah. There's there's no age that oh like see you, I mean you could be 70 80 years 80 years old and you just hear about this and you're like oh man I'm too old to do this. No, you're not. You're, yeah. this, this is you're you're not too old and you're never too I mean you're never too young. I mean I had my first policy when I was 7 and my little brother and my little sisters they both have one. They, they each have one. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's it's never too late, never too early to start. Yeah. What a great what a great uh, message to kind of wrap it up. And Jake, thank you so much for being on. I'm sure you're going to be on many more times before, uh, while we're doing this podcast and uh, look forward to the next time. So thank you. And we're going to we're going to uh, wrap it up, audience, how we always wrap it up with the immortal words of uh Earl Nightingale. I had to think about that for a second. It's Monday morning, Jake. Earl Nightingale. So take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.